0: The Light FM presents Community Spotlight, a program designed to focus on what's important to you in your community. Now here's Braxton with today's Community Spotlight.
1: Come on in, stay a while. It's Community Spotlight on The Light FM. I'm Braxton Critcher, your host, and I, I really love doing this podcast, this segment on our airwaves at The Light FM. i um, and every one of them is great, but there are certain ones where before I do them, I just really have a good feeling about the guest I have or the topic we're discussing. And both of those, the topic and the guest, I think are really, really good this week. And they're going to be a blessing to me and hopefully to you and somebody you know too. So if you'd like to share this episode with someone you know, you can text us the word SPOTLIGHT to eight hundred two nine three. 1069 That's 800-293-1069. Just text SPOTLIGHT. Now, our guest today is Larry Lawrence from Hope Squads in upstate South Carolina. He's sponsoring two Hope Squads to two schools that we'll talk about later. Um, and, and Hope Squads, if you don't know what those are, they are suicide prevention uh, community groups in schools that, uh, that are led by students. And directed by staff, of course, uh, but Larry is bringing two of those those hope squads to, to schools in his area and and he can speak from experience. He has a couple years ago, just a few years removed from losing his 14 year old son to suicide. And he's here today to share his story and give you or, or someone you know who may be going through the loss of a child, in any form, or maybe the, maybe you have suspicions that uh, they could be depressed or considering suicide and how you handle that, Larry's here to share. Hey, Larry, welcome. Thank,
0: Thank you. Glad to be here.
1: Yeah. So, uh, Larry, you know, let, let's just open this up. And I, I want people to hear your heart, hear your story about what happened um, that day. Uh, okay. Just kind of give me an overview, and you know, speak from your heart, and just kind of share, you know, what happened and what you were going through that day.
0: Okay. Well, um, we I'd go back a little ways. Uh, we adopted Christopher when he was four years old. He came into our home at eighteen months. Um, he happy child had some problems and things, but he was a happy, popular child with his friends. But um, he was. We knew he was kind of suffering from some depression. Yeah. Um, And he didn't like school. Um, But uh, the weekend before what happened to us took place, uh, he had a good weekend. He uh, spent two days with his friend up in Hickory, North Carolina. And then it happened to be Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday that Monday. Okay, So uh, he came back to us on Sunday and... uh, he had a little girlfriend, and his family was real nice. So he spent Sunday afternoon with his girlfriend's family. Monday, he also spent most of the day with him as well. Martin Luther King Day. Martin Luther Day, okay. correct. Uh, so he spent most of the day there. Came home that night. Uh, on Tuesday, January 22nd, after school, he came home. He has about an hour time between getting home from school and then us arriving home. Sure. But we were running a little bit late that day, and uh, he— we got an alert from his girlfriend's mother that he had sent a, a very disturbing picture to her, his girlfriend, and so she called us. So we raced home. We got home about about ten minutes till six, and he was under his playground, uh, not conscious. We ran out there, uh, called nine one one, did CPR, and uh, the ambulances came, took him to the hospital. We didn't know at that time whether he had already passed. Mm away or or not but uh and so when we got there there is one of our elders in our church already there praying in the little family waiting room yeah and then within a few minutes we had a room full of people which we're blessed we uh we serve on staff at a church and uh we're blessed to have pastor friends a lot of church members that uh that were showed up we didn't even ask them to come but they were all showed up they're in that room praying uh with the el- one elder and his wife were Praying with us, we're just at that point. We didn't know whether he was going to make it, not going to make it, whether he already passed away before we got home. We didn't know exactly. Yeah. So we were just praying, believing in faith, believing in God, and um, a little bit later, the doctor came in and said that we're sorry to tell you this, but your son did not make it. Mm-hmm. And so that hit us like a ton of bricks. Sure. Of course. And, Gosh. The next morning, you know, I, I got up without really sleeping much that night. Yeah. Got up. Um, I knew that we'd be having people over at the house. About nine o'clock, 9:10, 9, I went out and uh, decided I'd take a load of trash to the dump. The radio on the car was already tuned to the light FM. Mm-hmm. It was on that station. And uh, I, I was thinking later that if it wasn't on, I probably would have just left the radio off. Sure. Oh, yeah. Because I just want to be alone with my thoughts. Mm. I didn't want to think, didn't want to hear anything. But the radio was on, and I got in the car, turned it on, and the first thing I heard was Greg Laurie, your, your 930 broadcast. Um, he was reading from Jeremiah 2911. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. And uh, other versions say to give you hope and a future. And so I heard that, and wow, that sounds pretty good. I'm going to listen to this. And kind of in the second person, uh, now, Greg, what if you just lost a family member? What if you just lost a loved one unexpectedly and suddenly? What would Where's your hope then? What would you do then? And then he said, when you lose a family member, your hope that you're looking forward to is in heaven, mm-hmm. knowing that your family member is in heaven and in the arms of Jesus. And we later found out a few months later that uh, Pastor Greg had lost his, his son, not to suicide, but a car accident. Mm-hmm. And his name was Christopher. His wow. son's name was Christopher. And that mm-hmm. hit me hard too, mm-hmm. that he lost his Christopher. And, uh, so that just, uh, I knew that God was watching over us and he was with us. So, um, I just began praising the Lord. I, I thank God for Christopher's life. I thank God that he was in the arms of Jesus and, uh, that we, we were going to see him again. And that was our hope, that we will see him again. The Lord gave me this, and that is that grief is the cost of loving. If you didn't love somebody, right. you wouldn't grieve for them. Mm. And if you if you grieved, it means you loved them. So, you know, grief, to be, to grieve in your spirit, means that you loved someone enough to grieve for them. Right. The joy of the Lord, the Bible says in Nehemiah, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so... We can still have joy at the same time; you can be grieving. It didn't make sense sometimes, but they can both coexist at the same time.
1: See, that perspective is what I think a lot of people are looking for: find mm-hmm. their hope in Christ, mm-hmm. and uh, not let those thoughts dominate mm-hmm. their 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 day. Right. But I think another thing that people deal with all the time is, for me, you know, I am a perfectionist. And even things I do right, I always like I could have done better. I could mm-hmm. have done better, mm-hmm. and I think it's easy for me to blame myself for things that maybe I could have helped someone else do better or or prevent from happening. Mm-hmm. What do you do? if I don't know if you or your wife have experienced that thought that could creep into your mind of blaming yourself oh, for what goodness. happened? What if that if someone's dealing with that? Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to someone who might blame themselves? Well, that's a very real
0: thing. Yes. And uh, it's, it's a major thing that you just mentioned. Uh, we, that night and for weeks, we thought of at least a dozen things that we could have done or should have done or could have happened. Just, I'll just give me maybe two, two examples. Yeah. I was running late, you know, from the office, left work a little bit late and if I had gotten home on time, which would be about 5.30. Been there. I might have been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we think Christopher may have taken his life between 4.30 and 5.30. Our son Jordan, he uh, lived in Greenville. He was there 30 minutes before Christopher got home, and he thought about staying and seeing Christopher, but he said, I had so much to do, I just went ahead and left. Yeah. And so he blamed himself. We had to encourage sure. him. It's not your fault. Right. We have friends that left two doors down that drove by the house around 445 or 5, right about that same time he was outside, you know, getting ready to take his life. Um, and they didn't look over to the right to see to, you know, see him out there. Yeah, It was kind of dusky. They might not have seen him, but that's another thing that could have happened. Right. And one more, Christopher, on the way home from school, he texted me, he says, Dad, can I go to so-and-so's house? And just... Can I just ride the bus to his house with him? I said, Christopher, um, we really haven't met this family. You know our rule that unless you, we know them, who they are, um, we don't let you go to his house. Boy, so there were a lot of things. There that four right the and there were more than how, that. How, do you, not, I said, how no. do you not have that thought? Well, we, we did have those thoughts, sure. and we had to, with God's help, say God is bigger than everything that we could have done. God's bigger than every should have, should have, would have, could have that we can come up with. Uh, And it didn't happen overnight. We just had to forgive ourselves and know that God's forgiven us for anything we didn't do, shouldn't do. And uh, we just had to reach that conclusion. God is bigger than anything that we could have come up with. You know, we just had to accept the fact that if God wanted to, he could have cause any of those things to happen oh yeah right so we just had to resolve ourselves that we don't understand but we don't know we just just trust him trust god yeah wow just trust god and uh, it didn't happen overnight it wasn't easy it still comes up every now and then we just have to say god you're bigger than anything we could have done or should have done we have to give it to you and just have to just leave it in his hands
1: We're talking with uh, Larry Lawrence from Hope Squads. You can find them online, hopesquad.com, or on Facebook, just search Hope Squads. What what would you say? If if I'm a person who just recently lost a child, uh, what advice would you give them? What would you tell another parent uh, Mm -hmm. about what just happened in their life?
0: Okay. Well, um, the first thing I would say was that I don't, I'm not an expert. And I can't I can't possibly understand how you feel mm. because only the person that goes through what they go through knows for sure. And even us with you know, our testimony, with what we've gone through, I never will or, or never have said to anybody else, I know what you're going through. Yeah. I can relate to you or I know how you feel because I lost our son because we don't know. And uh, fortunately, uh, hardly anyone's ever said that to us. Everyone said, I don't know how you, I don't possibly understand how what you feel, what you're going through, but I just want you to know I'm praying for you, yeah, and so you know that's what I would say. We don't understand how you feel, only you know that, but but I know that God loves you, God knows, and uh, if you'd like to, I could we could share our experience and how God related to us, how He ministered to us, and maybe some things we say will help you, yeah. but we can't say we know what you're going through because only that person knows.
1: You mentioned the day it happened, there was an elder in the church there at the hospital. Mm -hmm. I'd imagine he really helped you guys along. I'm sure he prayed for you, talked with Mm -hmm. you. The people you surround yourself with in anything in life, Mm -hmm. good or bad, really define and can help or change what is in your mind, what you're going through. What kind of people did you surround yourself with? And I'm sure you would definitely advise Mm -hmm. that too for someone who lost a child.
0: I would definitely, if someone has gone through a loss such as we have or maybe any kind of loss, need to be around people that will lift you up in prayer and support you, let you talk, call out to God and ask, ask Him to surround you. You know, the Holy Spirit's name is Comforter. And so just ask for the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, as far as, you know, us healing and getting better, my wife is part of at least three women's groups. I think okay. one is... Uh, a Bible study group, one's like a prayer group, and uh, maybe another prayer group she's in. And so she gets a lot of strength from in those interactions. And uh, I'm more, I talk and I cry in private. My healing comes from doing things. But just surrounding yourself with people that uh, that love you, that are supportive of you.
1: Yeah. Uh, What about uh, parents that uh, may have a child that they have suspicions that they might be Mm -hmm. going through something, that maybe depression like Mm -hmm. Christopher was? Um, What are some signs and symptoms of that, and how do they start that hard conversation with their child? Okay. Well, um, from what we've learned from uh, the Hope Squad's
0: organization, um, some signs could be anywhere from uh, not wanting to get up for school, uh, loss of appetite, Giving away of your possessions, just signs of depression. Uh, there could be signs of bullying, maybe irritabil- irritableness, Sure. Um, things like that. And um, Doctor Hudnall, the founder of Hope Squads, just recommends, as well as the CDC too, I think. But just being real open and honest, just sitting down with them and yeah. say, "Son, daughter, are, have you have been thinking? Have you been thinking about taking your life?" Yeah. And just asking the question, have you thought about that? And if they say yes, then, then you go into the second question. Well, if you were to do that, you know, how would you do it? And mm-hmm. they mention if they have a, a method, that's a method. And then the next question would be, if you were to do that with that method, why, when do you think you might do that? What's the time you might do that? If they have a time, then that's a, that's a thought, that's, that's method a method, yeah. and a it's time frame. coming quick. Coming quick, right. And so immediately... You should get your child help, mm-hmm. which would be mental health. You know, contact the school or uh, contact mental health in your area and get some help into counseling. And don't leave them alone. You know, keep an eye on them. Sure. And uh, so they would do that. But, you know, we are no by no means experts in this area. We're just a couple that lost their child that want to help.
1: That's yeah. what we are.
0: And uh, to bring Hope Squads into this area.
1: So maybe somebody is in upstate. Um, and they're going to two schools, Boiling Springs Middle School mm-hmm. and High Point Academy, mm-hmm. uh, a public charter school. Mm-hmm. Tell us about Hope Squads, okay. what, what exactly it provides, the kind of things that uh, people would like to know before they get involved, stuff like that.
0: Okay. We began a foundation called Christopher's Hope Foundation, and we're a 5013C uh, prof- nonprofit, and our website is christophershope.org org. We got uh, some funds together and we were able to sponsor a Hope Squad training in Spartanburg and it just happened October 9th. We had uh, nine potential advisors come and um, the way that Hope Squads work is that Hope Squads are a group of students at a school uh, nominated by their peers to be the Hope Squad. And the way that works is that uh, all students are given a piece of paper with a question: If you had a problem and needed to talk to somebody, who would you talk to? And they don't have to even know right. the person. Right. They list three names somewhere at the school. Yeah, at the school. Yeah, right. Three, three they, kids at the school. I think they may do it online or in uh-huh. actual paper, but they say, "Who would you talk to if you needed to talk to somebody?" And uh, those names are brought, are compiled, and the principal and the advisors, and maybe some teachers of the school will. Go over those names and kind of do a tally, and the names that show up the most become the Hope Squad, and that's the students that other they think they think would listen to them and care yeah. enough to listen to them about their problem. They begin the curriculum, which talks about uh, signs to look for depression, you know, signs of cutting, uh, signs of uh, you know, student with failing grades, maybe sitting by themselves at lunch, a uh, loner. And all these different things, they may go and befriend that, that, sure, that, right, that right. student. Yep. And uh, they might even ask that question. Um, they're not counselors. We want to inter- reiterate that, that they're not trained to be counselors, but simply to get that student to go to s- mental health or the school counselor. Uh, Hope squads uh, will change the atmosphere of the school uh, from what we've seen. that uh, they-, they wear their T-shirts once a week. And they sponsor what's called Hope Week. And Hope Week's kind of like Spirit Week or any other week you might have at school. But for five days, they uh, do something positive at the school. They might put a sticky note on every locker that says, you're you're special, you matter, we care, something like that. Uh, Something positive every day in a fun way. And so uh, the Hope Squads go through the curriculum each year. It's been known to change the atmosphere of the school where students know that someone cares. Yeah, that there's a dip, and uh, it also destigmatizes the conversation around mental health and even the talk of suicide, taking your life. Just get it out in the open, like you know we care. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to do that. Um, just positivity that can help other students uh, feel better about themselves. Yeah,
1: and four things I took notes from what you were saying, Larry, that uh, I think it's very important that you put hope in Christ. Absolutely. In Christ. You look back on grief as love. Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't have grief without love, like you right. said. If
0: you uh, didn't love, you wouldn't grieve. Exa-
1: exactly. And uh, God is bigger than anything that we could have done. That's exactly right. And you can't be angry with God. Right. And I think those are really strong four points you brought up, Larry. And if you... The listener would like to learn more. Just visit hopesquads.com. That's hopesquads.com. Larry, you're the best. Thanks so much. Huge, huge help today. And just and just thanks for being vulnerable. I know these kind of conversations are not easy for you. So, thanks for coming on. This was awesome.
0: Thank you so much. Glad to be here and it's been an honor. We hope you enjoyed today's Community Spotlight covering issues that matter to you in your community. If you have a suggestion for a future program, just call 800-330-9648. That's 800-330-9648. Be sure to join us next week for another Community Spotlight with Braxton on The Light FM.